1: Dave. Hi. And Tori.
0: Hello, Internet.
1: And we start every week with good things. So, Craig?
2: So, this good thing's only only uh, applicable to me, but too bad, because that's what's happening. So my wife and I have been re-watching Psych, as you do. You know, just pop it on. Uh, honestly, we've been trying to find something that's a little more kid-safe in terms of language, and it's actually hard to do uh, when every single Twitch streamer in existence curses which is frustrating, aside from a few. Uh, there are a few good Twitch streamers that I highly recommend checking out, like FruitBats and Big John. Uh, Chrism, actually. 360 Chrism doesn't really curse either. So so there are a few streamers out there that don't really curse, but for the most part, they do, and we can't really watch them. Baylor um,
3: Lord also keeps a clean stream if you're if oh, you're into he? the...
2: Yeah, oh, that's good.
3: And Cross Product, but sometimes he has cross friends in voice that talk cussing.
2: And... Jet Zero A2. I don't curse.
3: And Arcus. Um,
2: Arcus. Oh, Arcus is so good. Yeah. I've been thinking about actually dropping a sub on him. And you know what? NES Cardinality is also really good. I started getting into him and he's pretty clean. There's like this whole, and, and I know he's pretty close to like Arcus as well. There's like this whole subsect of like NES streamers who also oh, yeah. do curse. I like that.
3: I think Lack Attack's pretty clean too. I've been watching him more lately.
2: So my good thing has apparently turned into. Family-friendly streamers. But, uh, okay, we've been re-watching Psych, because that's also clean, because it had to be on network TV. But, um, well, that is a good thing, as you've, if anyone has listened to the show, could tell. I think you could tell most of us enjoy Psych. Well, at least half of us enjoy Psych. Um, my daughter, you know, she doesn't really pay attention too much to the TV. She's still less than one, um, although she's almost one. Less than three. she really enjoys the theme song. So every time, like in the beginning, when the theme song kicks on or during the credits, whoom, her head goes right to the TV and is like, focused. Like, I got to listen to the song. You can't do anything You're like, hey, you know, you try to get her attention or something. No, she's got to got to listen to the song. Um, it doesn't just apply to Psych; it's just that has happens to be the most recent one. But pretty much any time we watch a TV show, when the theme song kicks on, that's the part she likes. So that's my good thing. It's it's cute.
1: Sounds like you need a YouTube ten-hour loop of the Psych theme song to just play constantly.
2: Please no, I don't need that. Ada might need that. I mean, also, but... I'm still playing Final Fantasy XIV. It's so good. My goal in life is to get Tori to. play
1: babies like oh repetition and it's it's good for their for their learning to 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 hear the to same thing to over and over for again. 10
2: hours straight. Well, maybe not it 10 is. hours mm-hmm. straight, but that's what YouTube videos are for. Now I know why those 10-hour long YouTube videos exist. But yeah. I
0: thought they had titles like YouTube for your cat, you know, things like that.
2: Yeah. Um seen...
1: kid YouTube is a weird weird place. There's like a lot of procedurally generated stuff that is incredibly bizarre i i recommend you not go down
2: that rabbit hole i was not going to do that when it comes to to stuff like i mean we have disney plus um of course so it's gonna be that it's gonna be the educational youtube actually like the stuff i subscribe to like crash course SciShow, um smarter every day you know all those other types of educational content that's really good maybe i'm actually been considering getting a curiosity stream membership I forget if it's Nebula. I forget which one is, like, the main one, but one of them is the main thing, and you get the other included. Either way, there's a lot of educational stuff. Legal Eagles on there, Tear Zoo. We've got some quality stuff, guys.
1: Um, Maggie Mayfish, who does that's, uh, film analysis.
2: That's the stuff I want to expose her to
1: when she's older. Oh, well, just just putting it out there that, like, repetition is actually, like, babies and small children really like going over their favorite things over and over again. Uh, which will translate to you having seen a Bug's Life three hundred million times. But
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm well aware, and you know, one of the things we're doing is routine because that's repetition. But the routine helps, like having the same order of things throughout the day makes makes her calm, understand what's happening, cause and effect, very important.
1: So just putting it out there that it, it's not just making her happy; it's also a a helpful learning tool of. Of experiencing the same things repeatedly. It's good for development.
3: Uh so Dave, what's your what's your baby development tip of the day? Develop. Um hmm, my good thing this week is a guy named Dave uh, Tenant. So you probably heard of him if you listen to this podcast. Dave Yeah. I think we cast David Tenant in every book so far. He's he's my hoid. <laughs> he's a good hoid. He's a He's a world hopper of sorts. That's right. Towards... You guys
2: might know him as Hoyd in that one... That one... That one, BBC... Cosmere book that one
3: BBC show, you know? Uh, he played the 10th incarnation of the Doctor in the BBC sci-fi series Doctor Who 2005 to 2010. Wait, was he on that show for five years or is that just the run of that series? Anyway, uh, he also does I think does that's a just how long it took them to get... I don't know, what, three seasons he was in out? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he's also the voice of Scrooge McDuck in the newer DuckTales show, uh, which I'm a big fan of. He's in Good Owens. Uh, yeah. He's British, I think. He was in Good Owens. Uh, he was in... Uh, he went to a... the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland, though, apparently.
0: Because he's Scottish.
3: Uh, he's, that's... Well, it's, it's an island.
2: Well, it's a good thing he's voicing Scrooge McDuck. Wait a minute. Isn't it's... it... His rival's
3: the Scottish one. Oh, man. You gotta watch the new show. Oh, apparently. Scrooge McDuck is also Scottish. Although, Glumgold, uh, well, I won't get into spoilers. <laughs> no, that's for later. But yeah, he was yeah. the he was the villain on the first season of Jessica Jones. I'm sure Mike knows more about David Tennant than I do. So I'm gonna pass it off to mm, Mike. Okay. Uh, so my good thing this week once again
1: tying into the month of dave uh which we are technically past but whatever we didn't record in july so uh, yeah is an episode of doctor who during tenant's run that he basically wasn't in uh it's called blink it is season 3 episode 10 uh which the season 3 thing is the new series so that starts with Eccleston for one series or for one season and then tenant for i think like 3 seasons that apparently took five years, and then it moves on to other ones. But Tenant is, so, is by far my favorite Doctor.
2: I don't watch Doctor Who, but even I know about this episode. It is it is famous. Yeah, it's this... well known. If you like creepy pastas and things like that, it's really good. Like, what is it? The monster of the week in that particular episode is Weeping very Angels. Very creepy.
0: The Weeping Angels. Yeah, it's a great entry point for the series if you're not familiar with Doctor Who because like Mike said he's not really in that episode it's just kind of in the Doctor Who universe like he's he's not the main character of that episode yeah. um but it definitely gives you a feel for the flavor of the show but um also if you're like if you're not familiar with Doctor Who it's just um uh, it, it's like a short horror movie basically because it's it's just um it's a pretty self-contained episode um and it is so creepy. It's
1: it's one of the best episodes of television. Just yeah. like it stands like, on its own. not just of that
0: show, but of any of any show. Like
1: Right. And yeah, it it's super, it stands on its own. It has like nothing to do with anything that came before in Doctor Who. You don't need to have seen anything else to to be able to fully enjoy this episode, and you should cuz it's amazing. And the weeping angels are super creepy. And they're done so well. So, so well.
0: Also, it was some early work from Carrie uh, Mulligan, who uh, has gone on to become quite an actress since then. So, check it out.
1: And, yeah, this is also a good example of what you can do on basically no budget. Because this episode is cheap as heck. And you can tell. But they they worked around that with like really good like camera work. Anywho. Any Doctor Who. Uh, Tori. What's your good thing
0: well I don't see how I can compare to that but my good thing is uh, I have successfully grown a crop of tomatoes this year yeah mm. last last year was my first time trying tomatoes I had one tomato plant and I got I don't know three tomatoes off of it over the course of the season and i was like that's that's not a complete failure i can i can improve on that success and uh i have yeah this year i've got uh three different varieties of cherry tomato and they're they're just they're they're going bonkers the uh the harvest festival was last week so like seasonally it is the time for tomatoes and uh i I, i've just got a whole bowl of them on the counter and we keep snacking on them and they're delicious and uh Growing food, like an adult.
3: Kids can farm, too. In fact, that's why daily savings time exists.
0: That's true. That Yeah, that is true. But tiny tomatoes are a good thing. Child labor is not a good thing.
3: Yeah. No, it's chores for the family. Like... Yeah, unless, unless it's chores, in which
1: case it builds character. Anyway, Dave. Any dang way.
3: You read chapters this week, right? Yeah, read chapters 16 through 18. That's so many chapters. Yeah. Hey, what book not,
2: did you read?
3: No, no book in particular. Just sixteen <laughs> through eighteen. Okay, that might not be that many chapters, depending on
1: what book it was.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, if it's a James Patterson book, that that's going to take you no time at.
1: If it's a Terry Pratchett book, I don't even think he numbers his chapters
3: or he has doesn't. chapters for the most part. No. Nope. So.
0: Book just keeps going.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, it's a good show. Yeah. Night, everybody. Yeah, go home and read chapter 19 next week of whatever book you're reading. You guys ever heard of this book called Shadows of Self by Brandon Sanderson?
0: No, tell That's us more. A title.
3: Um quite
0: yeah, Very intrigued.
3: All right, well, my chapters 16 through 18 this week were from Shadows of Self by Brandon Sanderson. In chapter 16, Wayne was right all along, according to Bleeder. Why did Harmony let Lessie die? A bunch of stuff happens. Could have been more specific, I think. Wayne helps. Drim and a bunch of red shirts die. Innate will stay in the city. Wax, don't waste the malatium shot. Now, how are you supposed to kill Morassi? Bloody message.
2: Don't worry, Dave. Morassi can still die.
3: Nah. But it won't be as Batman-y. All right. Uh, what the heck happened in this chapter?
2: Do you need me to recap it?
3: I could use a recap from someone, yeah. I mean, Bleeder goes to the governor's mansion and kills a bunch of guards, including Drim, who I think we met once. Yeah, he's the the main
2: bodyguard that was giving Wax some trouble for
3: stepping
2: on his toes.
3: Yeah, but Wax gets him in the end. He stabs him with the malatium shot. (laughs) What? It's like, well, this guy's already dead. Let me see if it's Bleeder. (laughs) Oh, man. Pretty sure it's not.
2: So, yeah, so essentially this chapter was Bleeder was making an attack on the governor. And she was using her super speed during it. But, hey, the funny thing about super speed is that you can counter it by using That's Um That's as long right. As That's of what course, I, they're not inside the bubble.
3: Everett, Wayne helps. That's Wayne right. Wayne helps, yes. That's what, helps. what it was. Wayne helps. Yeah.
2: Well, Wayne was in disguise, as he do. And, you know, he acted dead, as he do. And then he threw up a bubble and let Wax, you know, try to take a, a shot. Actually, I think he tried to throw the syringe out amidst a bunch of bolts and stuff, hoping that it would just hit her. Yeah. It yeah super yeah. close. And we almost ended the book at chapter 16, but we can't do that. We're only
3: halfway through the book. More than halfway, but yeah, for sure. It hits a door post or something. And then he just, it's still perfectly good, but then he gives and he's, he, he gets and uses it on <laughs> grim. Gr-
2: oh Well, yeah, you, th- this is, wouldn't be the first you know. I think this is a good move because yeah. you don't actually know if someone is playing dead. Like a chondra I, I think Milan talks about it. Like you can't just kill a chondra as normal. So yeah, you could totally act like you were the bodyguard. Should have uh, spilled you know,
3: acid not. on him. Just actually, pour that, that would have been pretty. That would have been pretty smart. Just splash some acid on him, right? Like obviously, he's not worried about killing Grim because he's using the shot, so Drim's already dead or unsavable, so whatever. But he just pour acid on him instead. I mean, maybe if you throw acid on him and it's revealed to be Bleeder, she could just run away, so maybe it wouldn't be a good idea. I don't know. Don't you think it would notice if Drim was eaten like five seconds after he died? I mean, even um, Milan says it takes like maybe ten minutes, right? No question of Nintendo logic. Oh wait, I wonder if hmm. I wonder if Bleeder could use steel speed to absorb someone's bones faster and copy someone faster. That'd be interesting. Uh, I
2: I will put that more in perspective for you. We learned in error one that Tensoon was very fast at changing bodies. Like less than ten minutes seems like a long estimate for Tensoon. I I'm pretty sure Tensoon has got this down within less than five minutes. It's, It's not gonna be perfect. Maybe give Tensoon ten minutes to be perfect, but if if it's just a quick change, I think you can do it within five. But it took him like
1: three hours to kill Orsor and and become a wolfhound and get the fur right.
2: Only because it was unpleasant, and yes, maybe getting the fur right. That maybe killing Orsor took fire. most of that
1: time. I'm actually you, guessing that killing Orsor took most of that time.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and you gotta put in every single hair in your pork. That's gotta take a long time.
3: Not if you have steel sight. Oh, we're talking about Steve. ten State. Oh yeah! No, no, no. Steel heart, Dave. Steel heart. <laughs> that's that's not even in the Cosmere. Star sight. Steel heart. That's still not in the Cosmere. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. No green dragon. Uh. <laughs> clear heart. Blue dragon.
0: Blue eyed white dragon. What?
3: All right. And Nate's gonna stay in the city. To the leaving
2: he doesn't care about his life at all
3: and there's also uh bleeder leaves this bloody message i didn't write down what it said it's probably not important but yes he starts off uh, in this chapter uh by talking to wax through hemolurgy and starts you know gets him questioning god and all that stuff and i was just thinking where did why does bleeder have the ability to speak into people's minds. Like, I don't think any conjurer did that in Era 1.
2: That's a good question, Dave. You should theorize about it.
3: Has a piece of ruin escaped harmony? Maybe she's a sliver of ruin. Or a splinter. No, a sliver. So if if preservation, if part of preservation is a splinter of
1: infinity, what would a splinter of ruin be? Hint, it's the same thing. Uh, no. We need a different term. Sliver. A sliver of DFINITY.
2: DFinity. Um. Uh, seriously, though, Dave, I'm pretty sure Bleeder actually sort of answers your question. When when she first speaks to Wax, which I believe it was this chapter, she speaks in his head. It's
3: She spoke to him before, but yeah.
2: Basically, being pierced in some way, it, it leaves an opening that someone who knows how can actually speak to you.
3: Right, it's, but how does she know how?
2: Well... That's a different question and one that you'll. Have or how
3: to does she out. have the ability? Because so far only only ruin has been able to speak into people's minds. I wonder right. if
2: and specifically it, preservation doesn't.
3: You know, it's kind of funny. I think um, maybe that uh, bleeder probably does have a piece of ruin in her, and that's why that's why Sazed isn't completely in harmony and is intervening more because now Sezid is imbalanced and is more preservation than he is. Ruin because a piece of that ruin is in uh payalm. Think about it.
1: Payalm is a sliver of Dfinity. Check,
3: yeah.
2: By the way, this is exactly what Mike does in Spoiler Town, so there you go. I come up with a theory, and Mike finds
3: it. it. Anyone else? Uh, I would
1: like to hear Craig attempt to pronounce Payalm.
2: I I just call her Palm. Dang, I don't try to pronounce two A's.
1: I'm pretty sure the audiobook actually does call it Palm, but. I it's was hoping you al- it, al- to get you to say payalm. and
2: did it. Yeah. We're not, we're not elantra this. Gotta pronounce all the vowels.
0: I mean, they do sort of pronounce all the vowels. There's a bit of a, a gap in there that lets you know it's a double A.
2: or ec ye your." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or 10 to There we go. We did it.
1: I mean, if we're going proper French, then shouldn't ten soon have been spelled E-U-N-?
2: Well, the conjure don't follow French pronunciation. It would only be the Luthadelians.
1: Explain Orseul then.
2: Well, you know, sometimes you get some leakage there.
1: Yep, that was the best way to describe that. Leakage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave,
3: continue. Chapter 17. Wax writes a note. uh oh Wayne is right, of course. Wayne sticks around to Jack Canapes. <laughs> me milan changes into someone who thinks wayne is cute oh right arm hair perch wither wax thinks the set might know what bleeder is up to fertilizer fell from the sky i hate manure what's that from back to the future oh. <laughs> Amy, <laughs> <That's right>. Please, <laughs>
2: only like the greatest movie in existence
1: I don't think he calls it manure in the first one, only in 2 and 3, because they wanted a little more sanitized on the script.
3: Well, when he's about to crash into it in the first movie, he he does uh, he does vulgate the yeah. word. He he doesn't scream manure X-B-10. as as he's sliding <laughs> sideways into a poop truck.
2: That's how I recall it. <laughs> Let's make it more kid-friendly.
3: So Wax writes a note to some I forget who he's writing a note to, probably the the governor or whatever but and now i'm like i'm wondering if uh if Payam has some other ruin powers related to note writing like you know? being
2: able to read it if it wasn't written in steel
3: being able to read it being able to alter it i mean she can speak into minds what who's you know why would i assume that she can't do the other ruin things so now i'm suspicious of all notes that aren't written in steel so or, let's or let's aluminum. list out
1: ruin's powers Talk to pierced and crazy people. Alter things that aren't written in metal. Gloat. <laughs> two for three already. No,
2: no, oh, no. no. She totally gloats. Gloating yeah. for oh, sure happens. you're talking about.
3: <laughs> I know. That's the two. So she's got two out of three. She's already proven to have two out of three of his powers. So why would I assume that she can't alter notes? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna assume she can. Um, yeah. There's that. Keep going, Dave. Wayne is right, of course. Two chapters in a row, no less. Uh, Wayne sticks around to Jack Canapes. I don't know what Canapes are, but they're some kind of... div. And he's like, oh, they're having a fancy governor's meeting. There's going to be food. <laughs> he gets ready to...
2: Canapes and like, are a small piece of bread or pastry with a savory topping.
1: And pretty sure they're pronounced canapes.
2: You are correct. I'm just pronouncing how Dave pronounced it, for the record. Bye. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but Wayne steals them. Another word for steal is jack. So he he wants to jack can That
2: was a good one, Dave. I see what you did there. Ah, uh,
3: so yeah, Meeline eats one of the guards, and pretty funny. And I don't know if Melon is saying this in you character. Even with...
2: the guard is pretty funny.
3: <laughs> well, it tastes funny. Maybe it was. Maybe she was a clown in her off days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that joke Mike tells? Two cannibals walk up to a clown bar or something, (laughs) Mike? Okay,
1: I've got a a couple versions of it. The first one is two cannibals are eating a clown. One looks at the other and says, does this taste funny to you? The other one is two clowns are eating a cannibal. One looks at the other and says, did we mess up the premise of this joke? I got it.
3: (laughs) Oh, man. And So, anyways. Which I think leads
1: us into our everybody's favorite segment, uh... Craig's dad joke of the week.
2: I don't have one. You <laughs> <laughs> got him. Um, it's a shame too, because there was something that I had earlier this week. I'm like, I gotta remember for the show, and then I promptly forgot. But I actually used one out loud. Not really to Ada. It was t- to my wife. But you know, Ada can appreciate it when she gets older. Yes, don't, don't I don't remember. That's I don't remember. I'm sorry.
1: A book fell on my head earlier today. I have only my shelf to blame.
3: Uh. did it leave a bruise or was it light reading?
1: See, Craig, it's that easy. Yeah, very <laughs> easy. And that was that was oh, two was, for one.
0: My friend told me one last night. Where do bad rainbows go?
1: I don't know, Tori. Where prism. do bad rainbows go?
0: They go to Prism.
1: But um, bump.
0: But don't worry, it's only a no, life no, no, no. sentence.
1: <laughs> when do cows nice. go to sleep? Nice. Is my moon? punishment multiple bad jokes? Is that
2: what's happening now?
1: Yes. When
3: it's past your bedtime. <laughs> All right, Dave. Keep going. Uh, so I don't I don't know if Milan is saying that she thinks Wayne is cute or if she's the guard that she's impersonating part of the character thinks that Wayne is cute. Uh but either way I'd ship it. And then they talk about
2: All right, Are we leaving the Wayne and Renette ship and
3: entering in the Wayne and Milan ship? I don't think I ever shipped Wayne with Rennett. I think oh, I tried Wayne to ship him with did. I tried Rene, to ship Rene him Rene with Sparis and Marassi, but not but not Renette. Like one of these will work. Uh yeah, that's fine. They could uh Wayne should uh go out with Morassi. They could call it speed dating.
2: Would it be speed dating if they cancel each other out though?
3: What happens if you're Bendeloy inside male Bendeloy?
2: They they talk about that. They basically just cancel each yeah.
3: other. they cancel each other out. But you but the cadmium bubble's bigger. You wouldn't would you have like a bigger cadmium bubble? enveloping a normal time bubble or would there just be no cadmium bubble at all i forget
2: i don't think they actually specifically they only say that it cancels it out they don't actually describe the the details unfortunately that's a good question i would like to imagine that that's
1: the case where there's this big bubble of slow time and then inside that is a small bubble of regular time Hmm. That and then could inside be that they're watching adventure time okay yeah you're probably right I mean, they're they're for sure watching Adventure Time. That's that's not even a question.
3: So let's see. There's this thing called Perch Wither. Is that a flower or something? Is that the blue stuff? That's the blue stuff. Sounds like a Magic stuff. the Gathering creature.
2: Uh, the stuff that was on the robe or yeah. whatever outfit that Bleeder was wearing. That only yeah, comes from so, Contra Homeland.
3: Yep, Milan says it's from the Contra Homeland, but they don't usually go there too much, and it's kind of a sacred place. And Milan's kind of. Maybe upset that Bleeder went there and maybe doubly upset that Wax is going to go there. But Harmony gives him permission to go to the Conjure homeland, so I guess it's okay. And then Wax is like, before I do that, I think the set might need an interview. That's, uh, you know, his his uncle. Uncle Set Ladrian.
2: Uncle Suit Ladrian.
3: Uncle Suit. suit. Oh, Mr. Set Suit. And then it's something about... This is during his conversation with Mr. Suit when he's like, oh, we need to burn the city down. Ash makes an excellent fertilizer. And then Wax is like, oh, but if there's too much wax, or if there's too much ash, it'll smother everything and stomp it out. Uh, I think that was this at the end of chapter 17. And then, yeah, so Wax, you know, Wax's uncle starts to confront him with, you know, his true motives like, oh, you're you couldn't handle the pressures of the city, that's why you ran away and such and stuff. And uh Uncle Suit kinda compares himself to Kelsier and his gang is like, We're not doing anything different from what the Survivor did, you know, during the oppressive reign of the Lord Ruler. And he also brings up the point that if Wax knew Kelsier and his gang of thieves and you know, Wax wouldn't approve of them, and he would, have, uh, he would have worked against them, which I think is a pretty good point. I mean, we've
1: gone into some depth on how Kelsier is for sure not a good guy In yeah. back in uh, Final Empire.
3: And Wax probably would have straight
1: up just killed him. Like, less of a bad guy than most of the people he killed, but not I a think, good like, guy. the
2: very first chapter is him killing a noble, isn't it?
1: Uh, like the very him first killing, like in the entire household that isn't ska yes that minus like some probably ska guards and... sorry
2: tori
0: and like burning the place down and leaving destruction in his wake yeah that's yeah. how we meet Remember,
2: eat. guys dent told us everyone's the hero of their own story except tonkfa f yes. that guy <laughs> no tonkfa <laughs> is definitely the hero of his own story he's living it up at least he was
1: he is not the hero of several innocent animal stories. No, but he is the hero of his own story. See, I don't even know that that's true, because Tonk Fah was the only
2: one who was never lying. Oh, yeah, he, he, he never lied. That is true. All those jokes, toes is toes, man. Is that from Jeff Bridges? Toes yeah. is toes
1: and rolls is rolls, and if we don't get <laughs> no toes, then we don't eat no rolls. <laughs> I
3: made that up. <laughs> is that it? I think that's it. Alright, so one more chapter then. Alright. Chapter the last, eighteen. Boring meeting. Martial Law. Nothing gets bloodstains out of wood. I don't remember Ellen's doing anything. Oh wait, he did. Counselor of the gods. Shots circum... fired
2: against Ellen. I
3: remembered <laughs> that he did do stuff. Uh <laughs> circumlocution is a great word. Secret letters and secret are ledgers. So Marasi Witnesses some of this boring meeting and the governor is going to give him the martial law and also make a constable puffing stuff. What's the guy's name, right? Not don't tell me.
2: Wait, are you talking about Aridel?
0: He just said, don't tell him. Oh,
3: he's going to make Aridel like chief constable over the entire city.
2: Remember, It's like Goradell who was <laughs> a distant ancestor only with an A.
3: Yeah. And then
1: I—that's I... how, how you name people, you know. You you take their distant ancestor's first name and you change it. It works. Like Dave was named after his great great grandfather
3: Gabe, <laughs> and he was named after his great great grandfather Gabe, and that's how linguistic drift happens. That's my I mean, favorite. doesn't happen though,
2: Mike. Where you have like Smithson and other son Davidson and whatever i was Like the, the last names change because it's like. Son of David and then he just adopted as their Davidson
3: name. or Barnabas. So th- that actually makes me think um Vin Diesel was in Fast and the Furious, right? And VIN is a vehicle identification number for a car. Coincidence? Yes.
2: Like I will point out that Aradelles Wait,
3: Diesel's name. also a car word. He's got two car words as a name and he's in a car movie. Yeah, his first
1: name is Vincent and I'm pretty sure his last name at birth wasn't diesel I'm, I'm pretty sure he changed that when he started acting
2: so Aradell's first name is claude so Aradell's his last name which is exactly how you can get something like gordel uh
3: so marasi you know walks past the one of the mansion cleaners throwing out the bloody carpet and trying to get blood stains out of the wood and then she happens upon a secret bookshelf with secret books. And there's a secret key and a secret compartment in the secret books on the secret bookshelf. And it's something I don't, know, I don't remember when Ellen came up and her musings about the history or whatever. But I remembered he actually did like bust into Black Rock Spire and save in
2: Well, he, he's of. talking about the speech that...
3: Yeah, I don't remember him he, giving a speech. So she, she's talking about... The day that Kelsier died, right when they had that yes. big parade with the murders, I don't remember Ellen doing anything in that scene.
2: I thought he rallied he people really, together. He, I he remember he like did ran them. up,
3: like he ran in to try to help, but I don't remember him like giving a speech or rallying people.
2: Well, he he was. I thought he was doing something. Maybe I'm wrong, but I could have sworn he like rallied the people after Kelsier's death. We don't see it on screen because Vin's doing other things.
3: Maybe that's how Breeze remembers it.
1: Didn't he convince the remaining nobles to stop fighting?
2: Yeah.
3: I don't remember that, but Breeze remembers it, and he wrote it down in the history books. And Breeze's memory is perfect because of all the drinking. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's
1: why he's the Counselor of the Gods. Uh, So, you don't mention it in your notes, but Martial Law is also the name of a Tekken character. I figured you'd make a joke there,
3: but maybe you just haven't played Tekken. I haven't played Tekken in 20 years. Yeah, that would explain it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so circumlocution is a great word. I guess literally it means to talk around or talk in a roundabout way, which is what these secret notes are doing about Governor Innate's corruption. But I don't know, man. It's written down. It's not written in steel. Although maybe the lockbox is made of a... Wait a second. Can Ruin alter writing... That's on a piece of paper inside of a steel box or how about aluminum box?
2: So the problem with Ruin trying to change writing on steel is that he can't see it. It's
3: it's too bright.
2: Like the metal itself is too bright. So I suspect if we have a metal lockbox, it will be too bright to actually see inside of the lockbox.
3: But how does he alter copper mines? That one always I never really got oh, that. He doesn't, how he, he doesn't
2: alter copper mines. He alters it. As it goes into someone's head. As it gets retrieved.
3: Wait, is that right? I thought he altered copper mines. Like, as they're drawing them out of the copper mines, he...
2: Either as they're being drawn out or as they're being put into the copper mine. He changes it, I think.
3: Is that how that works? I never understood it that way. Sword Mimmy says says you were right.
2: So whatever you said, Dave, is correct.
3: There's a secret note. Uh, He actually says
2: it is inside the copper mine. So he can change... the the messages stored within a copper mine, but he's not. So like I said before, the writing itself is a problem because he can't see it. It's too blinding, but we're talking about investiture that's stored within a metal mine. So I I suspect he can mess with it in some way. I mean, as far as I know, it's just getting stored in the cognitive realm anyway, and it's probably just easily accessible there. I was actually going to
1: say the spiritual realm. And by that, I mean, cloud storage. And by that, I mean, someone else's computer.
3: <laughs> oh, so maybe it's actually written on a piece of paper in the spiritual realm, and that's how. There you go. I think it's, got, it's in the. They've got little copper gremlins that physically write the things down on pieces of paper in the spiritual realm. Well, no,
2: it'd be the spiritual realm, realm and not the realm?
3: the cognitive. I would think cognitive realm because I think it would be harder to alter things in the spiritual realm. In the um, cognitive realm, things ideas are more fluid, so. I'm leaning toward now spiritual over cognitive because
1: it is—it's basically storing information as pure investiture.
2: So basically, all types of feruchemy could be stored in spiritual realm. Yeah, and there's nothing special about information and knowledge. It's just that's what it is. That's what's stored,
1: and right. everything is stored in the spiritual realm. That would—that would be my guess. Yes,
3: and the spiritual realm has little gremlins that write the ideas on the little pieces of paper that ruin can alter. Spiritual gremlins, spiritual paper. Yes, like that guy from the messenger, who keeps a tab of how many jewels you owe on this in the spiritual realm.
0: I really think we're onto something here.
3: I have no idea what Dave's talking about.
2: I I don't. I haven't seen anything called the messenger, but
3: yes, mm, it's a video game.
2: It's Ninja Gaiden, only like thirty years later.
3: Okay. And then we have one few more pages in chapter 18. Scared the cat. Wax takes a second to think, but that's all it takes. That's all it was. It was him thinking for a second. And now the end of the chapter. He also scared a cat.
2: Yeah. Oh, I wanted to talk about that because it's specifically called out. Here is an animal that we can physically see. We were talking about it. We were like, are there real? Are there Earth equivalent animals? And I'm like. Everything, Mistborn is the most Earth-equivalent book we have in the Cosmere. So all the animals exist on this planet. There's a cat.
3: Cat There's right there. also There was also a wolfhound.
2: Well, they, yeah, wolfhounds, which are like dogs, except they're not as domesticated, I guess. But they're okay, totally but cat. Got hold cat. on.
1: Let's get into this. There were a thousand years of the world doesn't really work very well to keep anything alive. So anything that managed to stay alive during that time was kept that way by humans. We have horses. We have dogs, apparently. I don't know that cats managed, because they weren't mentioned as far as I can remember in the original trilogy. But Cezid brought, you know, the the wolf flowers back. So why couldn't he have also
2: brought cats? Keep in mind Vin is described as cat-like. You don't typically pick a 1,000 year extinct species of animal to compare. Auto translate.
3: Yeah, written, the book's written in English, Craig. <laughs> Cat like <laughs> is a word derived from the English that Brandon is writing, not from the world. I, of I think casual. cats would have survived.
2: At least cats would have survived that. Like, they're they're animals. They're very popular I alongside I don't adults. think. I think
3: Sazed had to force the cats to stay into a livitude. Otherwise, they would have just wandered off. We're like maybe Caesar just invented the cat. Like maybe it wasn't a thing. Or didn't Cezad have a pet cat? Like His when he thing was,
2: was described a as cat no
3: Okay, hold on. I've got a thing. She was described as squirrel like, I thought. <laughs>
1: okay, guys. That
2: squirrels exist too.
1: Caesar doesn't know what a cat is supposed to look like, so when he makes them, they look like those medieval paintings of cats that don't look like cats. Why
0: would you so do they have this like life? the weird
1: human faces on them?
0: <laughs> okay, except except, hang on, hang on. Uh there are books about extinct animals and there was actually a lion back then that is, is no longer with us that had that flat face that so it wasn't that these people didn't know what a lion looked like, it was that there was a lion back then that looked like that.
3: Uh
1: Ruinlatch says it was called the Cat Isendra.
3: <laughs>
1: and Hemija has posted a wonderful picture of exactly the sort of thing I was describing.
2: <laughs> can you imagine that's what cats look like running around?
1: Hamidia, uh, could you post that in non-spoiler area so Dave <laughs> can also see it?
2: <laughs> awesome, thank you. And we are all the richer <laughs> now for this experience. Yes. Guys, if you're listening and you're still not a member of our Discord, why not? Um, come join us. Go to hey. patreon.com slash CosmereCast and there's a link to our Discord and you can join us. And look at this wonderful medieval cat that's sticking out its tongue that has a person face on it.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're a listener and you're only getting updates via Facebook or Twitter, you're you're not even close to getting the full experience. You want you want to get on the Discord. I post nothing to the Facebook and the Twitter except here's a new episode and yeah, get on the Discord. It's way better. All right, Dave, did you finish the chapter? I think you finished the chapter. Yep. What else you got? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think Dave just saw another medieval cat painting.
1: That's all. Yeah. This I have is... some questions for Dave. The, okay, so this is this is what I want I'm cats good. in in Era 2 Mistborn to look like because Seiza doesn't have, like, a proper Shallan drawing of a cat to work from. All right, questions for Dave.
2: So Dave, what do you think about this whole declaring martial law thing?
3: I don't know what it means. It
2: means the police and military have control instead of lawmakers
3: is that different from normal
2: it means someone just got up and yelled out martial law no and
3: and now the marshals are the law i proclaim bankruptcy
2: so rather so it's like sort of like forcing people to be in a certain curfew because they're worried about rioting and looting it's it's locked down and under control through use of police or martial force that's what What do i think about it Yeah. Do you think this is a good approach based on the unrest that people are experiencing? Like, is Uh, this is this a good thing? Because let me put it this way. When I read that they want to institute martial law just to try to quell the rioting, I'm like, that's wrong. That is not the approach they need. They need to be listening to what the people are. I mean, and Marassi, Marassi says as much like he's not listening like they're not listening to what the problems are they're not getting to the source of the problems they need to be listening i mean we're talking about something equivalent to the era of of uh unionization that was happening uh in the u.s roughly around this time period um it's just like you know people trying to band together to get changes done rather than hoping that you know lawmakers will actually make those changes because they don't so yeah my whole thing is when i read i'm like why do you think this is a good thing? I don't think this is a good thing. And I was asking you what you thought of it.
3: Well, it's like, yeah, a teacher lady, according to her, it's like, oh, if you if you put more cops out, you'll show that you care about protecting people. <laughs> I think that's their thought process, but that's definitely not how it's going to be received by the people.
2: OK, yeah, that's what I was looking at looking for.
3: All right. Anything else for Dave before we go into spoiler town?
0: No, I don't have anything for Dave.
1: All right. Dave, go away. Goodbye. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave.
3: Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right. Who's got spoiler stuff? I
0: might. One of our listeners does.
2: Well, before we get to that, I do want to talk about something specific to this book. I was just giving you guys a chance if you had anything. It's quick. Then, then we will definitely talk about Fell Knight's post. I do want to get into that. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about, just sort of briefly, is Palm and Harmony. Everyone sort of dances around the issue. Like, why is Bleeder acting this way? And I think it's, it's very clear why she's gone off the deep end. Like, what happened? The course of actions. Which is essentially was Harmony forced Lessie to kill herself. So that way Wax could go return to the city because Harmony needed Wax in the city. He didn't need him out in the roughs. So he basically had to orchestrate things based on the only tools he has because he won't force people. He won't like have Wax put in his earring and say, hey, Wax, I need you in the city. Like that's not how Harmony operates. People need to make their own choices. But it's very loose on how those choices are made, in which case. He can orchestrate a situation where he knows Wax will probably return to the city then. Um, So he does that. And Palm, Lessie, Bleeder, whatever you want to call her, she does genuinely care for Wax, or at least she did at the time. Um, And so having to kill herself and basically having to destroy Wax's mind in that way basically ruined her as well. Capital R, ruined. Well, maybe not, but uh, it definitely did not sit well, which caused her to pull out one of her spikes and go on her merry way to learn about Trillium and whatever the heck else she got into. Like, everyone knows. Like, I think Milan knows. Harmony knows. But they're not telling Wax. They don't want to say, hey, she was Lessie. Because... because they're worried about what Wax's reaction will be. And of course, we're going to find out at the end of this book when Pum reveals that she was Lessie. Yeah. The so, thoughts?
1: Before Lessie goes off on a Kill Rampage... Uh, I think Wax finding out that that you know she's still alive and was a conjurer the whole time would have gone very differently.
2: Do so you think it was it was too soon? Uh, up to these current chapters, it's too soon to let Wax know.
1: Um, I don't know. At this point, I feel like she's done enough damage that he'd still want to stop her.
2: Right. But like, well, the whole issue I think would be Wax would be, and he is like it's the same. It's a reaction we see at the end of the book. Wax becomes mad at Harmony for being used this way.
1: And quite but, rightly so.
2: Right. Except Harmony and Milan don't want to do that now because they need Wax to, to deal with Palm. Like, they can't reveal too early, and then he does nothing, and Palm gets her way. Okay. And the other thing is, just as confirmation, innate is Palm, right? As far as we know, I, I, don't, I don't remember the exact chapter it's revealed, but that means innate killed Drim. Like, she ran in, she killed Drim, and acted like she set it up like she got away.
1: Uh, pretty sure, yeah. Again, I don't remember this book anywhere near as well as I should, because, you know, Brandon accidentally two-booked. Yeah, they sort of blend together.
2: So, uh, so any any other thoughts about this whole, let's hide this information from Wax? Number one, the approach of Lessie killing herself to get Wax to move back to the city. Like, what do you guys think of that? Do you have any thoughts about... The the um, guy who's supposed to be balanced and wants free will to roll over. This is this is what Saisa does. I mean it was
1: a very effective move, but I don't know why Lessie couldn't have just been like, Hey, I would like to move back into the city now. I'm tired of living in the roughs. Let's go.
2: Yeah, so Sword I mean yeah. brings up a good point. It's a good reveal because I had the same thought as well, where it's the trope of the villain pretends to be a loved one that you see in like movies and other stories i felt the same thing like oh she's just pretending to be lessee and then you finally realize oh she isn't pretending she really was yeah that that's what's happening in this book dude it's dark this book gets dark yeah
1: and yeah so Sazed pushed palm too hard for sure probably didn't even need to probably could have just done the thing that i said of you know just tell him you want to move back to the city
2: i think the issues that harmony is using the Condra like he he refuses to go against people's free will but he seems to tell the Condra what to do still and most of the chandra are cool with that say again most of the Condra are cool with yeah. that like milan
1: super cool with that I, I think she actually kind of enjoys being you know a a tool of god
2: she does but she also still does exhibit some free will it's not like she's being controlled so there is that like harmony doesn't directly control the conjurer but he does he does influence them he doesn't seem to do any influence against marsh marsh seems to do his own thing well
1: no because marsh was says its friend
2: yes that i mean that's why he's not going to control him like an inquisitor like reuben did to the inquisitors in era One. Oh, there was something else too oh, i don't remember but that there was something said that was another hint towards maybe Kelsier in this thing. I don't, I don't remember. It's not important. But try try to keep an eye, eye out, guys, if you were reading this. Like, keep an eye out whenever they describe something relating to Kelsier in some way. Like, you might have to figure out that's what they're talking about. But keep in mind that we know that Kelsier survived. Well, a cognitive shadow of Kelsier survived. Ended up, you know, taking up a piece of preservation, holding on to it, passing it over to Vin when she was ready. Um And then he went on to the South Pole to, to help them survive. Like, that is all happening. And I don't know, like, if him and Sazed have a falling out, or maybe they reconnect and they decide to help each other out. Like, I don't know. I,
1: I have to, know. to assume that, that Kelsier and Sazed are still on good terms.
0: Yeah, because Kelsier is just so dang likable, even though he's a terrible person.
1: Yeah. He's got that and high like, charisma stat.
0: Yeah, that's his superpower.
1: And once he died, he assumes that everybody who at one point was in his crew still in his crew.
2: That I can definitely see, yeah. Definitely.
1: So even if even if Sazed isn't like in any way interested in helping Kelsier or being on his side or even like communicating with him at all, Kelsier just won't leave him alone because Sazed's on his crew.
2: What is it? it's like um like in Ghost, the the film Ghost, where it's like, I'm just gonna keep singing this song in your ear until you listen to me. Like that's Kelsier. Like, I will haunt you until you do what I need you to do.
1: You in danger girl.
2: Alright, let's I wanna talk about Fel Knight's thing. We're good now. Okay. Hey. So talk about it. Do you do you want me to summarize it? Yeah. Alright, so Fel Knight is in the chat, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. But um he posted a theory on the Stormlight Archive subreddit talking about Gavilar, the Oath Pack, and everything related to it. So this came about because there was a word of Brandon, I think recently, that mentioned that Taln did not break. I always assume that this latest desolation that's happening was because after 4,500 years, Taln finally broke. He never broke once. Taln is the best of them. He never breaks. He did not break this time. So if all the heralds are on Roshar, except for Tone, who's administering the Oath Pack, and he doesn't break, how does it happen? So Felknight must have did some good thinking about it, and basically came to the conclusion that maybe Gavilar became a herald, or at least somehow joined himself to the Oath Pack. And he's the one who broke after like a week because he's weak and he's Gavilar. Um, because he was quite satisfied when he was ki- like he was okay. I wouldn't say satisfied, but all the flashbacks that we were getting in the beginning of the books, it's like you can tell that he had some plan set up, and he's not necessarily upset that he was killed. Like essentially, things were set up correctly, and maybe him dying. And th- this is this is my interpretation now, not Fell Knights, but maybe him dying was what needed to be done in order to make him into a Cognitive Shadow, in which case he was able to spirit himself away to Braze as part of the Oath Pack. Um, And of course he breaks because he's weak.
1: Hey, who among us called that Gavilar was trying to become a Herald?
2: Didn't you call that? I did call that. I always suspected that there was more to Gavilar than what we saw. There was no way this guy who's being set up in all the prequel chapters is like just just dead there there was no way in the first book i would have believed yeah he died like that's that's all you get but once you get to rhythm of war and you really start to learn the kind of person gavilar is and hate him um you know you know he's gonna pop up again and i was always waiting for him to reappear because there's certain types of death as we've seen in the cosmere that are not quite permanent
1: uh so this also might mean that what's his face the guy they find in the Shadesmar city.
2: Someone Are you talking about right. Calic?
1: Yes, that guy. He might not be a herald anymore.
2: But so you think they're not heralds? You think he might have traded his, his herald connection to Gavilar? I'm pretty
1: sure that's what they were trying to do. And if Gavilar was herald enough to count as breaking for Oathpact purposes, then I figure there's a pretty good chance that... Uh, Kalak is no longer a herald.
2: Okay, so for those of you not quite following around, uh, there is a pin in our Discord in the Cosmere Theories thread. Um, there's a pin to Fel Knight, or his name is currently Sword Nimmy, um, his post on Reddit, if you wanted to read it. But, real quick, Town did not break. Um, I'm going to summarize this Town did not break. Gavilar. That's, that one's Word t- of Brandon. That is Word of Brandon. That That is legit. Talon did not break um gavilar was clearly trying to do something with connection and messing around with the oath pack because he wanted to make himself into a herald like he was trying to bring the knights radiant back that's what the sons of honor do they were trying to bring the knights radiant back and you know if he can become a herald and join the oath pack as well like why not um he does see the same visions this is again we know this gavilar sees the same visions that dalinar receives which is sort of what gets him to form the Sons of Honor in the first place. That was his interpretation of what needed to be done. But we also know that Gavilar had discussions with Nail and Kalik based on and, and he's he's Cosmere aware. Like that I think we see that in Rhythm of War, that he clearly knows more about the Cosmere than any other person normally would. Um and then Fel Knight's theory then goes into like, well, if they revealed that they were heralds and Gavilar could use that information about the Oath Pack, maybe he figured out a way to, as Mike se- Mike was mentioning, maybe he somehow took Kallak's connection to the Oath Pack and transferred it to himself. In which case, when he dies, then he, you know, he's tortured and he breaks. Now, the big thing about this is that if he broke, if he became a herald and he broke, that means Gavilar is somewhere on Roshar. We have not seen him on screen, but he needs to be there. If Talon showed up, he's the last one. He showed up to, to do his thing, uh, his, his speech. So where is Gavilar? Um, and is this, is this your theory, Fel Knight? that there's a chance that he could also become Odium's champion? Or is that something else I read?
1: So the interesting thing about him potentially being Odium's champion is that Dalinar is like the only person on the planet who wouldn't want to fight him.
2: Right. He was in such a berserker rage back when he was he was in the thrill, but he still was unable to kill his brother.
1: Like anybody else, anybody else either does not care about this dude or outright hates him. Most people probably aren't gonna be capable of fighting him effectively. Because um uh, pretty sure he's got some bondsmithing going on. Um and if he
2: managed to swap, um... Oh, God. Knight huh? just brought up a good point. Dalinar takes an oath that he's never going to raise a hand against Gavilar. He took
1: an oath. He wasn't bonded yet, but I don't know how the Stormfather will feel about that, especially since Dalinar has been pushing pretty hard against him.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I think Stormfather would want him to respect oaths even if they were before, him his, before the bonding. Yeah.
1: But But yeah, yeah, so
2: Dalinar, while he is probably the most capable character of taking on a Odium's champion, Gavilar, who has connection powers mentally and maybe even by oath, I don't think he'll be able to. And that's that's what makes him it always seems to be setting up. And I think people are like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Moash. The problem with Moash is that he is is um, Kaladin's foil. He is he is what Kaladin would have become if he made different choices yeah it's the different path like moash is set up to be kaladin's rival they they are just rivals against each other moash isn't
1: an important enough character to odium basically
2: right exactly he's an important character to bridge four and kaladin he's not important to odium um so gavilar though if gavilar
1: was able to swap heraldinus with kalak Um, that would have been almost certainly due to Bondsmithiness, which means he's better at it than Dalinar, who has not figured out how to play with connection beyond auto-translate and stealing some memories, I think. Yeah. Man, Dalinar needs to get on, to get on this because he has been way too long without actually figuring out how his stuff works.
2: Yeah, we got to see that chapter in Rhythm of War where Ishar actually uses the connection powers and holy crap is it powerful it's like you think oh it lets you speak other languages big deal he was trying to remove connections that people had and put it in himself he's like okay i'm going to be the one with the bond to the Stormfather now like that's the sort of thing someone who's really good with messing with connection can do so i think yeah it makes total sense that a piece of the oath pack that connection to the oath pack can be removed and transferred to someone else.
1: Um, I have just had a thought. Yeah. What if Gavilar didn't actually bond uh as a bondsmith? What if he talked the heralds that he knew into giving him the herald blade, the the herald honor blade?
2: Yeah, I don't think he, I I think I, I think I agree. Um because I don't think while he was receiving the visions, it was Dalinar's interpretation that he, he becomes a bondsmith. I don't think there's any guarantee that because you receive the Visions, you're going to become a Bondsmith. Um, right. I think that was what Dalinar did, and I don't think Galinar was necessarily on that path. Oh, there was a word of Brandon in Fel Knight's theory that confirmed that Gavilar was further along his Bondsmith journey than Dalinar was. If that's the case, then who did he bond with? I'm thinking he didn't. I'm thinking he used an Honor Blade. He used an Honor Blade and just was better at using it? Yeah.
1: He also had, you know, Harold's... Helping him. Teaching him, yeah. Which, even if they didn't have any, like, direct experience with it, like, Kalak, uh, they would still, like, have a better understanding of, of the theory and, like, what it's capable of.
2: You know, if part of... So, I don't think, um, Gavilar would have stolen everything from Kalak, but I think there's definitely some some information there that Kalak sort of gave up his part of the Oath pact to someone. Not necessarily to Gavilar, but, but let, let's say Gavilar for now. But... There's definitely something going on. Kalak is a cognitive shadow. And if you take everything from him, I believe he would have I don't know how to phrase this properly, but he would have been killed. But I don't
1: I don't think the Oath Pact was keeping him as a cognitive shadow. I think it was keeping him coming back.
2: Okay. The, and well, that's my point. Gavilar did not steal the cognitive shadow aspect of Kalak. He just stole the connection to the Oath Pact.
1: And then so once Gavilar I, dies the first time, he becomes a cognitive shadow because he's attached to the Oath Pact. Right, right. But Kalak doesn't stop being. Uh, you don't have to be a, attached to an oath pact to be a cognitive shadow. We've seen so many other examples of cognitive shadows that have nothing to do with the oath pact.
2: Right, I just want to emphasize that that's the case. That's all.
1: We're in agreement. Which m- might mean that Kelsier can actually get his face to face with Kalak now. Or could have. What, what do you mean? I mean, if Kalak isn't attached to the oath pact, then he could have left the system
2: he doesn't he just hides out in the the honor sprints city
0: lasting integrity
2: thank you Tori. thank you i was also
0: I, trying I've to been, think of it before yeah racking my brain trying to remember it and it just came to me
2: yeah fel knight brings up a good point this is another instance where we don't know the full mechanics of like what what the knight's rating are capable of when the oaths need to happen are the oaths actually needed someone's got to read the dang contract again never get it whenever. Yep. All right. No, the, so that's stuff. my point, Fel Knight, is that I think Kellogg needs to stick, like, I think there's more to it than, oh yeah, now he can totally leave because he's not bound to the Oath Pack. There's something else going on. Maybe there's something that keeps Cognitive Shadows sort of rooted to the Rosharian system, which is partially why Odium is stuck there. Like, there, there's more to it than just the Oath Pack, but I feel like a lot of the details of the Oath Pack like, would tell us like how this works. So, I think Kellogg is still stuck in the Rosharin system, and that's why he hides out in Lasting Integrity. Anyway, it's a really good theory. So if you guys have not read it, definitely take a look. Like I said, it's on the Stormlight Archive subreddit. There's a link to it in our Cosmere Theories channel. Um, so so definitely take a look. One of the best theories I've read on that on the subreddit. There's some good ones. Don't get me wrong. It's just that this one is like super well thought out. That I I I think it's pretty much canon. Like it's um, as close to canon as we have until it bec- it's actually revealed in writing. I've had
1: another thought. The person yep. that Kelsier needs to talk to is Vasher. Yes, absolutely. Vasher would know. Like he's he's chasing entirely the wrong cognitive shadow. He needs to talk to Vasher. I think we all need to talk to Vasher now. The and question Vasher is, doesn't
0: want to talk to any of us. <laughs> would
1: Vasher true. punch Kelsier in the face?
2: How would I want to know what kind of falling out Azure. Oh, sorry, Vivena and Vasher had. I want to know what happened. I want the Nightblood book, guys.
0: No, I'm I'm over here picturing Vasher and Kelsier in the same room now, and it, it's going about as well as mixing Voidlight and Stormlight did. Like it's,
1: <laughs> like Kelsier's going to Misborn just all over the room, and Vasher oh, is going no. to <laughs> tie yourself, him up with man. with Adolin's sock drawer.
2: Yeah, the return definitely had mobility because of how endowment works. Like she's she's endowing a piece of herself to the return. And that, there, that
1: gives them there, that ability. There's also knowledge that the that applies to the returned that Vasher knows, such as uh, how a
2: returned can make a baby. Yeah, this is specifically a cognitive shadow can make baby. Do you think it's hemorrhagy on, um, hem on Nalthus? Hemalurgy on Nalthus? I know, right? Isn't that weird? So, OK. Hear me out. I don't think it's specifically hemalurgy because that is of ruin. But we have gotten word of Brandon that hemalurgy exists throughout the Cosmere. Like it's not restricted to this Scadrial, and it's not restricted to ruin. It's just how it is used. Hemalurgy takes essentially it forms a connection. It steals connection. It's it's what we've been seeing, what we were talking about stealing connection. But it steals connection from one person and transfers it to someone else. And that is a connection through all three realms, physical, spiritual, and cognitive. Um, So given that we know the return are cognitive shadows while they have a physical form. So they are attached to the physical uh, world. They, they can't, they are, they can't procreate. They don't have all the pieces, I guess. They're ghosts Um,
1: possessing their own bodies.
2: Right? So, Maybe they have a way, and because they say there's a process, there's a process that um, Return can make a baby. Maybe there's something they need to do to sort of take that connection and everything they have, transfer it to someone who actually has a physical body, that's why I mentioned hemolergy, and that's how you can make baby. Right. Birds and the bees, by me.
1: I have to go, I have stuff I need to do before work, so. Okay. Gotta, gotta
2: call it here. Oh, good, let's end on this note, yes. yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Go read. Bye, Internet. Go read that theory.
0: This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.